All right. What a great beginning. I think that I have done pretty much every one of those at some point in my journey. But I want to talk this morning about what the Lord said about following him. And this is called to follow is to fish. So let's just start. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called to them, now come and follow me. I will show you how to fish for people. And we know this is a metaphor here, but we're going to use it this morning. They left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father, Zebedee, in the boat with hired men. Amen. Jesus made a promise to these men. He made a promise. Now, when I think about my experience of coming to the Lord, and most of you know I was raised in a pastor's home, so no big surprise that I'm a believer. But when I think about over the years, the different reasons I've, I've come to Christ, come back to Christ, renewed my dedication to the Lord, I, I recognize and I realize that most of my reasons have been pretty selfish. Um, I needed more of this or needed less of that, or I needed peace. I needed freedom from guilt. The long list, didn't want to go to hell, you name it, there was a list. But I recognized when I was studying this passage that not one of the reasons that I came to the Lord was the thing that he actually promised, which was, if you follow me, I will make you into someone who can speak into someone else's life and cause them to follow me too. That wasn't on my list of reasons why I followed the Lord. But I realized that this is the thing that he's promised. So the first thing I want to say briefly is we need to be aware that where we are right now, where you're sitting, where you're working, what your marital status is, what it used to be, whether you have children, whether you're childless, you are perfectly positioned for God to use you to be a fisher of men or women. It's very, very tempting to think, man, if I was that person, if I had that person's job, if I had his influence or her influence, then I could really have a testimony that people would be drawn to me. But you know what? Every single person is perfectly positioned for God to use. Because he promised, I will use you, I will cause you, I will make you to become someone that can draw people to my son. I'm so thankful that it doesn't depend on something specific, some, some special circumstance that he'll use. To follow Jesus means I fish. That means I have an awareness that I am to do for other people what someone did for me. I think about, and I know I was, like I said, raised in a Christian home, but there are people that were in my life that were positioned that caused me to want to go deeper in Christ. That, that, that stirred me up when I realized that my passion for God was, was, was waning, that my zeal was going. And there were people that God had positioned in my life 
And you are supposed to be that person for someone else. Jesus calls us to do in the life of another what someone did for you. Every one of us that are sitting here, if we're a believer, if we're someone that's a follower of Christ, is here because of someone else. Someone else's story, someone else's situation. But someone invited you. There's three different parts to fishing that the Holy Spirit uses. And if we can become aware of this, we can see opportunities that God has for us during the week. I'm gonna put, go ahead and put all three of them up just for time. The first is the message. Now, most people in our country have already heard about Jesus. They might not believe, they might not understand everything, but most people have heard the message that Jesus died on a cross, that Christians believe that he rose from the dead. So that the message isn't something necessarily that would make people go, oh my gosh, I have to give my life to the Lord. I, I, I'm choosing to believe now. Because a lot of people, did you come to Christ the first time you heard the message? Or did it take another time? Did it take someone coming alongside you? Did it take a circumstance in your life that caused your heart to say, I'm ready to believe? So the message is one part of what we do when we're looking and becoming aware that God wants to use my circumstance. He wants to use my life. He wants to use my job, my family, my divorce, my illness my brokenness, my success. He wants to use it. The second part of it is the messenger. There was someone in your life that God brought at the right time. And something about their life, either the authenticity of them, the success that they had, or the humility that they had going through problems, we don't know what God will use when we're the messenger. We might think, well, God will certainly use the fact that I'm, I'm smart or I'm well-read, or I'm well-traveled, or I have a great job, or I have a beautiful home. That's what God will use, but we don't know what God will use in the life of that person that we're called to touch. We're just called to be the messenger and to be open and to be honest about what God's doing in our life, the needs that we have, the joys that we have. The third thing that we, we see is, well, we just came up with another M word, means, but it's the circumstance. The circumstance that that person is in sometimes leads us to the place where we say, you know what, I'm ready to believe now. I'm ready to believe. I'm in such a place and I respect you. I, I, I like what's happening to you. I see the, the, the adversity that you've overcome. I see the problems that you have. Your life hasn't been a bed of roses. You've had problems and I've watched you. I've watched your attitude at work. I've watched how you deal with the things that are going on in your life, and I, I need that strength in my life. So it's not just the message, but it's you, the messenger, and the circumstance that they're in that might be your time to fish, that might be the thing that you say that will lead someone to the Lord. And if we're not aware that these are the three things that go on before a person is ready to even accept what Jesus has said, Sometimes we just sleepwalk our way through the day. We sleepwalk our way past opportunities that God wants us to use because the person sitting next to you will not be able to reach the person that you can. 
And a lot of times people go, well, if I was a pastor, if I had a cell group, if I had a platform, if I had a, you don't, you don't want this. Uh, try telling someone or giving your story to someone and say, you know what, I was raised a Quaker. That, nobody wants to hear about that. That's not exciting. That's not fun. Nobody wants to identify with that. People that have been out in the world and doing all this kinds of stuff, fun stuff, crazy stuff, wild drunken parties, that's what people want to hear about. They don't want to hear about, well, you have something that someone else needs. And the tendency is to think that someone else has the story. Someone else's situation is ideal, but not mine. God can't use me because I'm divorced four times. God can't use me because I've filed for bankruptcy. God can't use me because we don't have children. We have too many children. I'm not married. God can use you. He wants to use you. And you are the only person that is available to some of these people. Fishing. Follow me and I will make you to become someone that can draw people to Jesus. That's his promise to me. That's his promise to you. We're not called to fish alone. There's internet pastor Phil, pastor Mark. Now, when Jesus was talking about fishing, I know I should have gotten a close-up of that. That's some, that's some gnarly looking guys, let me tell you. Now, that fishing boat, they're rough. But when God called, Jesus called the people to fish, he wasn't talking about the fishing that we do today, which is like recreational. And at first I said, honey, I need some of your fishing gear to come out on stage with. He goes, well, I've got a jacket with, with lures. And, and I'm like, no one's going to believe that. <laughs> no one's going to believe I ever go fishing. So this is the extent of it right there, people, because you guys know me too well. And you know, I don't go out fishing in a boat. I'll, I'll take a, a book and read in a boat, but I'm not going to go fishing. Y'all know me too well. But. We're not called to fish alone, but if we're just going to recreational fish, if we're just going to drop a, a line in the end of a dock, fish alone, go pray or go talk to somebody, whatever. But Jesus is talking about, he was talking to fishermen, that would be the equivalent today of commercial fishermen. This was their occupation. This was serious business. If they didn't catch fish, their family went without food. If, if, if Phil doesn't bring home a fish, Linda's not going to starve. They're going to be fine. It's just recreational. But these guys, if they didn't catch fish, that was their livelihood. That was taking food from their children's mouth. So Jesus is saying, look, I want you to be serious about reaching people, serious about talking to people about who I am and what I've done. And so let's, let's look at another dynamic very quickly. And you're going to think, this has nothing to do with fishing, but I'll make the connection. When Jesus came to a region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do people say? So if he were saying that today, he'd say, um, Simon, would you Google me, please, and see what comes up? Google me. See, see what people are saying about me. Okay, Google Jesus of Nazareth, and comes up at Carpenter's Son, comes up Anarchist, comes up Born Out of Wedlock, comes up Cult Leader. Well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them the million dollar question. But what about you? Who do you say I am? Okay, time to get off the computer, and now I want you to answer me. 
Who do you say? Who am I to you? Well, you're the Messiah. The Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from another human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter. Now it's interesting, a little trivia, in Greek um, writings, up until this very point, the word, the name Peter was never mentioned. So it's like on the very spot, Jesus is coming up with the name. It's like, hmm, I'm going to call you Rock. You're going to be called Rock from now on. And people have been using the name Peter, case in point, from that point on. I just think that's interesting. Okay, and upon that rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So you're thinking, okay, what does this have to do with fishing? There's two parts. Jesus said, you go fish. Go fish. Go out and find people that what I'm doing in your life can impact them. As you tell your story about how I'm working in your life, it's going to cause them to go, well, I, 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 I could use that. Or I, have, I have that same struggle. I have that same fight with my wife every weekend. We have that same argument with the kids at the dinner table every single night. We have the same, you're saying you have a way that you, yes. So on one hand, he's saying, you go fish. You go find the people that I'm going to move in their life and bring them back because I am going to build my church. I'm going to do it. Nothing's going to stop me from doing it. Not anything that's coming out of the pit of hell. I'm going to build my church. But I'm going to build my church, and you're going to partner with me. You're going to partner with me in building my church because I want you to go fish. I'm calling you to go out and tell people about what I've done. Two dynamics are you go fish, Christ will build the church. You go to school where you're teaching, you go to the hospital where you're working, you go to the nurse's station, you go to the community center, you go to work, you go where you're called to go, where it's normal for you to go and talk about what I'm doing in your life. Now, what's happened in the past is that we, the church hasn't always partnered with those of us that go fish, because there's been a lot of times when I was growing up that I didn't want to invite people to the church I went to. Now, I went to my dad's church, and he was a really good preacher. You would have loved him. One of my deepest sadnesses is that y'all not, not, didn't get to meet my father, a great preacher, funny, funny, funny. So educated, so wonderful, loving father. But there was a Sunday school class that we had to go to before we got to that. And it, it's not like this at our church, but in a lot of places, it's hard to get volunteers. And so growing up, back in the day, you would take whoever volunteered. If they weren't wanted by the police and they volunteered, you'd stick him in the classroom. And there was a man, God loved him. He had the best heart. Being in middle school and high school, he seemed like he was about 50. He was probably younger than that, but you know how, how old people seem when they're that young. And every week he would say the same story over and over and over. And he would start to ramble and ramble. And it was so embarrassing. It was so boring. It was so, and I said to myself, I'm not bringing any of my friends 
I'm not inviting. I have to sit through this, but I am not bringing anybody that I like to sit through this. And those of us that were raised Catholic, those of us that were raised in different denominations, we know that sometimes it's like a secret club and we know when to, to kneel and we know when to cross ourselves and we know when to say the prayers and we know when to shout and we know, but nobody else does. And so we don't want to invite people and we don't partner in the fishing process because sometimes churches work against us. So we determined that this place would be different. And there are lots of different churches in Orlando. This isn't the only one. But we determined that this would be a place that you could worship for generations, side by side. And we talk about this a lot, so this is not a surprise. But we were intentional, and we're still intentional about it. Kids Church is one of the funnest places your children can be, apart from maybe Disney. Seriously, it is so much fun. I can't tell you how many couples we've had that have come to our church, they give their child the choice of where they would like to attend church. Not saying I'm an advocate for that, but that's what they do. And guess what? They wanna to come to children's church because it is so much fun. And we're working on something for middle schoolers, uh, something that we can get them all together and the high schoolers. We're always trying to improve what we're doing because Jesus said, you know, when you get two or three people together, and you're about my business, kingdom business, I promise you, I will be there. I will be in the middle of that. And so one of the ways that we fish and partner is that we are creating an environment here that God says, I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna show up. And so a lot of times you just have to invite. You just have to invite. I'm gonna call Aslan out because she's, she had a really, really, really great idea about the power of inviting one person and the multiplication that takes place when we all see the responsibility of being a fisherman. So the people that will be in the Prezi in the following pictures do not know that they are in the Prezi. I can see Stephanie sitting there cringing, like, why is my picture up there? So we just want to show the thread of who you invite and where that could lead. So this is Jade and Stephanie, and if you don't know a lot of these people I'm gonna click through, you should come visit us at the noon service. We're a lot of fun, and that's where a lot of these people are. So this is Jade and Stephanie. Jade watches your children. If you have a baby in the nursery, she's in there right now holding your baby. And Stephanie uh, helps us with Lovely. They both work in Lovely. They were invited by these three girls. Oh, I'm gonna get emotional because I love all these people. These girls, met them in high school, and invited them out. These girls were invited by the Reed clan. We're just gonna call it a clan, because there's a lot of brothers. And uh, Lisa, Tabitha, and Kathy were invited by Micaiah and Noah. And Micaiah and Noah were invited by their older brother, Lyle. And Lyle was invited by Callie. And we're gonna, we're, before we see who invited Callie, I'm gonna follow a trail of some other people Callie invited, just to give some perspective. Callie also invited Jess, who is now Jess Wentworth, which is one of your kids' church pastors. She, she along with Amber, they were in a small group together, they invited Jessica Milkars. And all, Amber and Jess also invited Wafer, who is one of our uh, dance instructors now in the studio. 
Wafer invited a guy named Andrew. He now hasn't brought his girlfriend Joanne, and she brought her friend Yodine. Going back to Callie, she also invited Renji. Where would this church be without Renji? No lights, nothing. We would be a mess. Renji invited his brother Andy. So let's go. Who in the world invited Callie, the great evangelist of Northwest? She was invited by Janelle. She's going to kill me for this picture, by the way. <laughs> we spent hours going through Facebook, and I'm like, nope, not ones with Jude, not ones with her husband. Ice cream cone. That's the one that's going to be streamed all over the world. Janelle. Janelle invited Callie. They worked at Panera together. So who brought Janelle? Miss Jennifer. Is she here? Oh. <laughs> she found this church came and decided to stay because her daughters made friends and got involved. Stephanie, you had no idea that you're here because of Mrs. Gates choosing to get plugged into this church. Whether it was her style to have dancers on stage and loud music, who knows if she liked that or not. But she stayed because of her daughters were plugged in. And, so, and I could have followed this train much more with who people invited. But it starts with just inviting the one person that you have in your life, in your influence. Oh. We were all fish once. Somebody spoke to us about something that changed their life. And that's why we're all sitting here. Don't despise, oh, I can only talk to one person. Don't despise it, that seed. Jennifer, thank you. We could have multiplied this thread by many people. There are lots of people that are here that are evangelists. Mark Matuzak, you are an evangelist, my friend. Don't be discouraged. Keep inviting people because you will not know until eternity the value that God places on this. So I'd like to just very quickly have a stand. We're going to close. But I would like to say, we're, we're using this opportunity as a plug for Lovely because this is a premier opportunity to see the value of just sharing your life with someone else and the, and the multiplication effect that that has. The girls, we're in, we're in, of course, Christian schools as well, but we're really hitting hard the, the public schools this year. We have uh, Wolf Lake Middle School, which everyone here knows what it's like and remembers. Does anybody want to go back to middle school again? I mean, it's like a minefield of hormones and horror stories. It really is. And then we've got Wheatley Elementary and we have Lake Jim Elementary. And this is your ministry. You guys have funded it. You guys have staffed it. And this morning we're asking if you go back to the table and see other ways that you can connect with Lovely. Because we've got a lot of moms here that you think, well, I, I can't have, I can't take off time from work. That's true. But you can maybe buy supplies for the crafts. Maybe you can pray during the time that those ladies are mentoring those girls. If you don't think it's scary to sit in front of 50 middle school girls, 75 elementary girls, and it's you and a couple other people, and it's like, okay, just put yourself in their position and know that they need prayer. 
they need support and this is your ministry so i'm encouraging you to go back to flock back there and and, and jessica's back there you saw her in the in the video and thank you and also don't forget to sign up for the classes that are starting so let's pray let's pray father i thank you that you have called us to simply share our story. You said, if you follow me, one thing I promise you, Crystal, is I'm gonna teach you and show you how to draw other people to the cross. And you don't have to go to school to do it. You don't have to make $200,000 to do it. You have to allow me to shape the circumstances you're going through. You have to allow me to take your failures and your successes. You have to allow me to take the things that have shamed you and the things that have made you proud and to shape those things into something that other people can relate to. So Father, I'm asking that you turn each one of us who believe in you into fishermen, to people that are willing to be vulnerable, that are willing to invite people to church, willing to say, you know, we've got something really fun going on this weekend. We've got something really exciting going on, or it's just a regular Sunday, but would you come with me? Because I want you to see I want you to feel, I want you to experience what it's like when you follow Jesus. I want you to meet some people that have made serving God their life. So Father, I thank you for every family here. I thank you for the influence that these people represent. I thank you, Lord, that they are willing to take what you've done in their life and to share it with someone else. Father, bless our effort. Bless our intentions and our effort. Bless our time. Father, I pray for the team that are going into the schools for Lovely this year. May they be brave, may they be bold, and may they catch fish. In Jesus' name I pray. We ask for a blessing on everyone that came. And we know, Father, that you are protecting us and caring for us. Thank you for the baby dedication today. Protect that young man, that little precious one. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Go catch a fish.